podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast ahead of game week four of the 22-23 Premier League season. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. Coming up, we will discuss our colossal commanding conquest of Chelsea and preview the upcoming League Cup fixture with Barnsley and Premier League game at Brighton. So, how was it for you? Sensational. Uh, What a game, what a day. Uh, Yeah, it all came together. Incredible. Can't believe it. As happy as I am stunned. Well done, everybody. Did you have your fish and chips, Rocco? No, but my dad came to the game even though the chippy was closed. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, that was the the one downside um, of an otherwise perfect day. What a fantastic day is all I will say. Have you lost your voice, James? Have I lost my voice? Yes, I have lost my voice. Rocco, yours is a bit hoarse as well, isn't it? Yeah. Little bit pony. It's not a coincidence. Well, I've got my full voice, so I'll do all the talking for everyone. You'll be delighted to know. So I couldn't make the game today. I managed to watch it all. Everyone who was in attendance from a, like the commentary team, um, BBC, have said what, and players on socials have said what a special atmosphere it was. Is that the case? You don't, you don't get that feeling. It doesn't come through in the same way on the telly. So, I mean, it, maybe it speaks for itself by the fact that you can't speak. But was it up a notch today? Was it was it that good? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, those games that you go to over time where the whole fan base doesn't really think you'll get anything from it, so they just go out and have a good day. You just think, oh, you know what, it's sunny, it's Sunday, two o'clock, might have a few beers, have a good time, whatever will be, will be. But the football just added even more to it and it kept on giving. And So, yeah, the atmosphere was amazing. It was but like best I've seen it at Ellen Road for some time I'd say I think it was probably well it was as loud as or louder than I can ever remember like those you know five ten minutes when we got the two goals in the first half it was just absolutely deafening and then and then obviously the third goal as well it was yeah it was off the charts it was unbelievable my ears are ringing now <laughs> I'm not even joking <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really happy for you both S- sorry Paul it's okay don't worry if you offered me that I could not be there and that we would win against me being there and us losing, then I'd have bit your hand off. So uh, I that, presume I need to stay away. That theory didn't work last year, though. You didn't turn up to any of the big games. No, no, I tried off. it a lot. I tried it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's good. It's, it's good, isn't it? it, it like, it's going to be very hard to uh, find negatives from today. So I think I, I want to say that when we did the last podcast after Southampton, there was a lot of disappointment because of the way things transpired. And it may have been to do with the heat, maybe to do the tactics. But we said that we were hoping that Jesse would come out because he was going to evaluate things. And in his press conference, he did say that he'd evaluated things and he did acknowledge that his tactics and the way he responded to the change in the game wasn't as solid as it could have been. Question, it was a statement. (laughs) I think he evaluated Chelsea and understood that they're shit as well so uh, <laughs> i uh i criticized his um his treble substitution with 10 minutes to go they were three nil up at that point but i said to my dad he should have held one back you know just for a bit more time wasting or in case melier gets injured or something um so 
but yeah, I'll let him off that slight mistake. Um, doesn't really matter. In the... that, that's complete catastrophizing it in case Melia gets injured. <laughs> Bloody hell. So is that peak marsh ball? Is that what a marsh ball should look like? Yeah, it must be. Well, I hope it's not. I hope it gets better. But yeah, surely that was that was perfection. You know, that's his tactics working perfectly. And for me, it reminded me. I know a lot of people or some people have mentioned the Stoke game, you know, to and compared it to that. But for me, it was more like the West Brom game. You know, the the West Brom four nil, where you know that was like the, the the perfect performance under Bielsa for the first time. And um, and I think that's what we saw today. It was it was incredible. It was up there with with you know that West Brom game for me. And and like Deportivo was the was the game under O'Leary. I don't know how it can can get much better than that today. Oh, I hope it does. I hope it does get better though, because you you don't want to peak third game of the season, do you? And the rest no, of it's just a horrible fart. I think that's the important thing is that we need to now find that level of consistency because over those first two, well, I think if you take the end of last season, but then really pre-season when he's got his own players and you start to see how things have started to become a bit more consistent, and then across the first two games then today it just seemed to work. So we've then got in these next two fixtures a chance to see different things again that we're going to need to uh, address to to put us in a really positive position this time next week. But who stood out the most for you then within this system? Why did it work so well today? Well, I think, I think the centre-backs were superb for starters. So, you know... Although we were the better side, of course, we had to do a lot of defending and, and we know that the, the way we set up and the way we play puts us under pressure. But the you know, the way that the that Cock and Lorente and Strike as well handled it, I thought they were they were absolutely magnificent. So yeah, that's a, obviously an area where I was concerned. And I know like Phil Hay wrote an article on the Athletic about it, you know, the, the problems at the back, but today they were they were all impeccable, you know, individually. Um, I, you know, I don't think I've seen it. either of them three play better for Leeds. Really, they were they were they were magnificent. Well, every game we've watched so far, the commentators have always talked about transition and transitioning from attack to defense and defense to attack. It not being quite right, but today it was like absolutely perfect. We were so quick coming out from defense and we won it back. And but but in answer to your question, I think for that to happen, it ha- like everyone has to be on their A game. Like there's not like it couldn't have one person playing a bad game and everyone was like an eight or nine out of 10 performance, I would say like so, so good. So it makes it really hard to kind of pick someone out. Yeah. It was just, just overall really good. I really enjoyed watching Tyler Adams and Rocker in the middle. Cause I just thought they were so good at tidying up like loose balls and just winning it back. And, and Aronson as well. And, and Harrison, like it just, it was just so, so fun to watch. So fun to watch. And, and I, and I really like that high press up the pitch as well, like winning balls, the ball back in a far less dangerous position than deep takes a lot of pressure off your defence as well. And uh, just, yeah, it was all really good. Good fun. Mr. Tuchel disagrees. <laughs> uh, Touchy Tuchel. I think he's had an entire bag of lemons this afternoon, a pint of John Smith's because he is one bitter man but I imagine so them I can't imagine them serving that up on the bus ride that they got up 
Dude, the coaches had to get the buzz, but with the players flew. Um, it, it's a joke that though, isn't it? As well, because it's like I mean, fans travel to every game, and a lot of go on buses and coaches. I mean, yeah. they still had like over twenty four hours to get there. And to be honest, if they had got the train rather than a plane, it would have been quicker with check ins. So, what is he on about? And it was an executive coach. It wasn't like they stuck him on the mega bus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. We'll get around to with my two cool points. So he said it wasn't to do with the Leeds press. It wasn't to do with our tactics or our intensity uh, because they were the better team. If I'm if I'm trying to see, take away his bitterness and see his point, because he thinks that I can't, do you know, I can't really. I tried to, <laughs> I thought I could. Because, I mean, they they had opportunities to be, to have, have, they had clear cut opportunities quite early on before we scored. So had they done that? But I think the fact is that they didn't, which meant the stars aligned for us in order to, to get where we were going. So does he have any kind of point or does he just look like a mass, like has he in two weeks gone from massive loser with what he did with uh, Conte to another side of his loserish character? I think it's like a, quite a dangerous, slippery slope to kind of report back to your team and everyone that they were good and that they should have won that. Cause it's like, so you think you've got nothing more to try and get out of your players then like every week. It's like that to me is just a really dangerous mentality to have when you're running a team like that, but who cares? It's not my team. Yeah. I think it, like they did, they started quite well. Like they should have scored in the first minute or two. Um, but yeah, after that, they just they, they were pretty much dominated. But I, I did find it funny that he he tried to take Aronson's goal off him, didn't he? He called it a, he referred to it as an own goal. <laughs> Again, maybe maybe he was at Stockley Park the other week. <laughs> I mean, that's insane because that goal was Aronson read what was coming, chased it down beautifully. He completely telegraphed what was going on and uh, got his tap in. So like, I love the fact that he looked over his shoulders. If you go, is this for real? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It was a little no look tapping. He looked away as he tapped it in as well. Yeah, yeah. The thing that I spotted from that as well was that their keeper was always passing out wide to Reese James and their left back in those sort of areas, but they didn't work for their keeper at all in that moment. So he just panicked. And he, and I think Garrison sort of sensed that as well. He was like, I, I'm in here if I can get this. So brilliant. His work, his work ethic's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, Reese James was saying, in the stand, in the stand. So, like, yeah, it? get it out. Yeah, so that was what he offered him. <laughs> yeah. was, but, you know, we had one of them against us, didn't we, uh, Arsenal? So, yeah. it's 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 about time that those things went for us. So, second goal on Sky, they said, oh, and he's he's booked uh, Rockefeller Simulation. Oh, no, he's booked Sterling. And then they did that thing, which they do on every set piece. I don't think I've noticed it as much in the ground, but it's the muffled hand in front of the mouth. So they do this in the <laughs> zone. Like, let's, uh, and they talk for ages. But Phil Hay put in that article in The Athletic, like what the hand signals mean. So unless, like, and I thought, if they change them every time, each week in training, so that the muffled thing and the hand signals mean something different, they'll all forget and just run into each other. But it was it was brilliant. What a ball. And then your mate got on the end of it again. I'll Robbie. tell you what, that, yeah, that, that, that was one hell of a header. Um, yeah, the, the more I write people off, the more they uh, just make me look an idiot, which I'm all for. It was a yeah, brilliant header. and But also, again, a brilliant cross. He didn't really have to do too much. Sterling's got a good habit of giving away stupid free kicks in those sort of areas, and and 
lucky for us, Jack's been playing so well and Aronson that either one of them could have pinged that in and we would have probably had the same result. But I think the tactically on that really good because you had all of our like tall defensive kind of players that going in for it at the back who bunched all their tall players away and then you just had Rodrigo sort of pierce through against Conor Gallagher who'd obviously have no chance and Reese James sort of flapping at it in the end so it was really good so that's got to be credit to Mark Jackson hasn't it because he's been working on set pieces go on Jacko hey James I've got a question for you go on this is a cliche um the confidence player and we have talked about it in the past but does such a thing exist and if so are jack harrison and rodrigo prime examples of them yeah quite possibly i was going to ask you both about that as well as like what is the difference with rodrigo this year is it is it a kind of management style or has something just just finally clicked with him i think it's probably the former i think he does benefit from an arm around his shoulder and saying i love you or something i don't know it's definitely um, since Marsh has come in. I think he's he's played better more often, but I'm still not getting carried away. You know, it, it's only it is only three games. I know, and that's fantastic. But he could be shocking against Brighton. Um, so it's it's three games, and he's doing great. But so, yeah, he, but I don't think he's. Too, I, I I don't know. I just still find it hard to say that he's turned the corner. But playing brilliantly, that ball. Well, we'll come on to the third goal, I suppose. But. Like played a beautiful ball over to James um, to set up the cross. He's a class act at times, so yeah, mate, long mate, continue. I thought until his goal involvement, Dan James was probably the player that found it hardest to get into a rhythm today in terms of things not quite coming off for him. Do you think that's because he's coming into a settled-ish side and being the player that's making the change? Or in the state, did you not notice that? Were you happy with, with what Dan James did? I just thought everyone was sharper than Dan James. I just I think he that lack of game time so far had kind of shown that today. I think I think he was all right. He wasn't great, but he'll get better. He's he's a, I still think he's a really good player. Equally, he's not he's not he's not really a kind of a forward or he's an out and out sort of winger really. So I think it will always it might always be a bit of a challenge for him. We'll have to just see. I think having his pace in this system, you know, again, the transition, um, you know, breaking away at speed, you know, he, he is, he's perfect for the tactics. So um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully comes good. I, I didn't think he played badly today. I had one really bad shot in the first few minutes. Um, I was spitting feathers at that, but <laughs> after that he was, he was fine. I thought, yeah, played his part. So just how important is the, Rocker Adams partnership looking for you guys. Yeah, it's it's absolutely vital. I think I said at the start of the season that the way however this season goes is dependent on them two being good enough. And yeah, they they absolutely look at Adams are just absolutely everywhere today and you know, breaking up the play all the time. And and Rocker is just he is he is a touch of class in midfield alongside him. It made me laugh that he's <laughs> the guy that runs around the lease on the whole pitch is taken off after an hour. Um but nah, it, it don't matter. And having four shots come on, um it's it's a it's a, a lovely luxury. So yeah, I just want them all to stay fit because behind them three, obviously you've still got Greenwood, but and obviously then you're on to Archie and and Jappy, who also might be brilliant, but <laughs> it's uh yeah, three senior players with experience. It, it is it could it could uh, it could bite us at some point, but worry about that when it happens. The big surprise for me with them is that I don't know how often you get it, but do you do you ever get like two central midfielders come in in the preseason, and it's usually like one comes in to support one that's already established? Or but for two to come in and be playing that well against Chelsea, 
three games into the season is is crazy really and like so that their their understanding of one another and being able to one being able to push on when the other and the other one covers and vice versa is is really good like yeah i don't think i've seen that kind of be implemented so quickly before it's, it's quite well it's brilliant for us caught a bit of the phoning on five live the 606 show that they do with sutton and uh, savage and and it was a leeds fan that was on and i want to give kudos to him because i don't know if he was doing it deliberately but he pushed their buttons so much because they both predicted leeds to go down at the start of the season and his call was to come on and tell them that it was lazy punditry and uh they, they just bit so hard because uh, they were saying you're telling me that after you finished fourth bottom and you taught, sold your best two players that you weren't concerned and he's like no we made these signings and they were going to be quality signings and they were like um but how could you have told that they had no premier league experience but i think are we seeing the best case scenario out of some of these players already you've quit rocker you questioned rocker from what you maybe what you've seen in the past what you saw in pre-season or the fact that he didn't play much at Bayern munich but this was the player we were hoping we were getting disgusting rocco <laughs> no you're completely right and yeah it was it was all those things combined i i was worried i thought i, I thought it was going to be a flop and you know again long long season still to go so uh but yeah no it, it, it's it is exactly what what we wanted and like fair play at this point looking at them two as a partnership it's clever from from Orta, from from marsh to to put them two together and and they look just yeah they look a perfect partnership Tyler Adams is the kind of player that Leeds fans are going to love, though, because he's closed people down, snap on it really quickly, and just snuffing things out before they can really start. And that, I think, as a fan base, we, we appreciate that kind of player. So, yeah, long may that continue. So into the second half, and we're still at it. Third goal was coming in your direction. Talk me through it. Dan James puts the lovely ball in. I think like Rocco said, that ball from Rodrigo initially was brilliant. And yeah, the ball in from Dan James. I thought he was going to fluff it, to be honest, but it was a great... And I think when you watch the replay and it comes into Brendan Aronson, he sort of ducks out the header because I think he thinks he's going to get smashed as well. (laughs) And then it falls to Rodrigo, who I don't know whether it was a bad shot or a pass. And then Jackie volleys it in. Beautiful. Definitely a bad shot. (laughs) <laughs> oh come on come on I'm only joking it re- it was ruined for me that goal because I thought I was sure he was offside like I just couldn't I couldn't celebrate or even like be happy until they kicked off I just like fully expecting it to be pulled back it was funny because Co- is it Cucciarella I can't pronounce his name but um, he w- he was just watching the line knew he'd kept him onside and then just put his hand up <laughs> to, to raise for offside like, mm, I mean nice try the, mate <laughs> those are the best ones for and, and I know it shouldn't be because there's probably they might not be marked evenly but because it was right on the six yard line like the one was stood just in front of it so it's the easiest way of kind of uh, showing that and how disappointed were you that it didn't finish four or five or six <laughs> really in the end do you know what in the like obviously we predicted we'd all predicted that we were going to lose this game and but in the week I started to get this feeling of you know after the whole Tuchel and Conte it's not a fight is it but the little mini fight they had last weekend I just thought mm, it, does that sort of seep into a team that mentality and and do they think coming to Leeds is an easier task than playing Spurs in the in the London derby at home so I just started to, and, I, and, I, and I thought we'll be hurting because we've drawn and I started to just think like can can we can we do it this week can we, like you, you dared to dream didn't you I did dare to dream and I put a bet on today answering your point of Leeds winning 3-1 
and I felt like mega, mega confident about it. But yeah, I would have quite happily taken a, another fourth goal, Paul, or a fifth. I thought, you know, when we made the substitutions and we brought Joffe on, I was like, yes, this is what we want. Like none of this sitting deep shit at 3-0, let's go for it. My, uh, my nephew called it like, absolutely perfectly. He called it 3-0 and he even got the scorers in the right order. What's his name? Luca. Yes, Luca. Incredible. Text his mate, who's a Chelsea fan, before the game. Said uh, 3-0, Aronson, Rodders and Harrison. That is crazy. crazy. Next yeah. week, can we get his predictions? And I'll put a <laughs> yeah, bell. Add, add him to the season prediction list. <laughs> so anything else that you want to say on today's game other than it was stupendously wonderful? I think I think um, on the on the subs and bringing Joffe on, he's he's such a great player to bring on isn't he because like immediately he was a nuisance and then got what's his name what was his name Cooley Bally Cooley Bally Cooley Baby Bally minus two points on the old fancy team wasn't it for Cooley Bally <laughs> <laughs> but you know it got him uh, he got he, he was a nuisance straight away got him sent off it's like that is the perfect thing to defend a lead <laughs> it's like yeah. def- defend it by attacking and getting someone sent off I really enjoyed that everyone in the lead sphere slagged off Jesse Marsh for his decisions last week, but this week it was good. Hey, I'll tell you what, on that confidence player thing, I think you've seen a, a player to, there today make his full debut who may be losing their England place. And that is Connor Gallagher. And another one who is full of confidence, who may be just knocking on the door for a call up. Mr. Jack Harrison, what do you think? He's got to be pushing it. I mean, this is his third season in the premier league and he would have been on the radar after season one and then maybe not so much last season because of our struggles. But um, yeah, if we, if we keep on going well and he, he does look, he, he looks probably better than he's ever looked and his delivery is just absolutely wicked at the moment. Yeah, he, he's, he looks a, a real top player now, so he can do it. I think in our um, season preview, I mean, I don't want to blow my own trumpet here, <laughs> but I did say that he, and although it was Cagliari, he did feel like a level above. Like there was just something about his game where he was just ahead of what everyone else was doing on the pitch. His touch was immense. It's coming through. And I think, Rocco, I think you've got him in your predictions as player of the season. I think it'll already go that way. I think he will. He's, he just looks so much better. I've got something uh, from today I wanted to enlighten everyone with. I braved the new drink system at half time. I just wanted a bottle of water. <laughs> So I went and I was queuing up and I went sort of towards the end of the, the first, uh, t- towards the end of half time, and I was queuing up. I got to the front, turns out I was in the collections queue. So I had to then join the back of like another massive queue. But I turned around and the, uh, there's a bar that just serves Amstel and there's like five pints of Amstel all lined up. Grab one of them instead. <laughs> so some, summed up how well the day went really. <laughs> yeah, you, know, just, you know you're going to win when, that, that, when that's what happens. <laughs> that's hilarious. Weird kickoff time, two o'clock, isn't it? Because like you travel from where we are and it's like you sort of miss lunch day. So I got a chicken bolty pie on an absolutely roasting hot day. I don't think I ate it until the 25th minute, just waiting for it to cool down. That's my story of food. Luca missed the first goal because he went to get a hot dog because no. he's not eating. Bless I believe him. that. I know, shame. So he called it and then he missed it. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, but he said there were limbs uh, in the concourse, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what you need when you're on a bit of a roll like this. You need a midweek game, don't you? And luckily this week's serving one up in the form of League One opposition, Barnsley. 
forgot about League One. I did. I I didn't have a clue. I had to look it up. Uh, So, but our head-to-head record with Barnsley, I will come on to that, but I'll just say before that, we were rubbing shoulders with Barnsley for a long time in these last few years and they became a bit of a yo-yo team but we couldn't move so we played them a lot and and they felt like a real bogey team for a while um and then we pulled apart and it feels like a bit of a, the natural order of things has been restored because our head-to-head record is 127 drawn 17 and lost 20 we've actually won the last four um, but it was two very tight games in the promotion season one really tense one right at the end and the other one early doors was one that uh, at the time and even afterwards uh, Andy is still adamant that they were the best opposition we played at that point in that season so we we did have some ding-dongs with with, with, with Barnsley um, hard to compare in, in this at, at the moment but they have a pretty mixed record in their league um, they lost 3-0 Going on their forums, uh, they said Leeds, Leeds beat Chelsea three 0 We lose to Wickham by the same result. Wednesday night as a Barnsley win written all over it. <laughs> true. Some very, very optimistic uh, Barnsley fans. Just touching on that fixture, it is an opportunity for some of that subs bench and the people without the minutes to get to get some minutes. But we've also hinted that we're taking the cup a little bit more seriously this season. So, uh, and also, it was hinted at by Jesse in the pre-match press conference that he may be looking at Wednesday night for Bamford and Cooper. What do you want to see out of it and what do you expect to see? It's funny because we were talking about this on the way home and we started listing all the players um, that that should get minutes or start and it sounded like almost as strong a team as we, we've put out today. Um, it's it's pretty impressive really. So yeah, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm gutted that I can't go. I'm, I'm away with work. But yeah, I'd love to, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Archie Gray. I'd love to see Jabby, but, you know, there's obviously Foreshaw needs minutes. I want to see Sinistera, who I thought he looked pretty sharp when he came on. Uh, Joffe, of course, Greenwood, you know, there's a lot of good players there. And, and then even even at the back as well, um, you know, Cody Drama I'd like to see. I guess it'll be Clarsen, won't it? Unless uh, Robles can force his way in. Might be Gallier. I mean, he might go for the same team. <laughs> but... Yeah. If it were me, I'd I'd play fringe players like everyone you just mentioned there, like Sinistera and Greenwood and Joffe, and because I think it's really important that they get like really good competitive minutes, so that if they are called upon, they are ready. Like if we do get an injury to someone, so that's what I'd do. Um, but have like a a core few that have been playing really well. Do you think he'll play Hjelder at left back then? Yeah, quite possibly. I think it, I think that'd be good as well. You know, because. Like Rock, like you said earlier, Rocco. It's like if we do get an injury here or there, actually, does it? Are we at a bit of a risk? So I think getting people match fit, match ready, and sharp is really important. Yeah, yeah I think I'd like to see. I'd like to see him make eleven changes. To be honest, I, I won't want anyone to play that that has played today or that will play against Brighton. And you know, I, I don't think that's even not taking it seriously. I think you know, it, it's just it just makes sense, and we should. We should, not saying that we will, but we should easily have enough to win that game and, and put on a good performance and get confidence spreading throughout the rest of the squad. So we don't, uh, obviously, we have, you can't predict because you can't predict the, what the fixture will be. So we haven't predicted for this game. So I'll put you on the spot. What Are we going through? Uh, yeah, I'll say 2-0. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll say 4-0, Joffe Hattrick. Nice. I'm saying 7-1. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> 
I think I've confused prediction with what I'd like to happen. <laughs> yeah. No clean sheet. No, I'm not fussed for that. Like, they can score first as well. And, uh, <laughs> like, they can all go mental in the corner and then we can just go boom, 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 boom. Watch them, like, shadowing away. <laughs> yeah, so that's that one. Tick onto the next round. Give us another easy opposition at home. Easy. That's such a ridiculous thing to say. What I mean is, Easy, like really easy opposition, <laughs> lowest league possible. Give us some League Two next time, <laughs> and then we'll go to Wembley. Hey, sounds good. Okay, then we've got another fixture this week as well. So we've got our uh, we're playing another unbeaten team. We're playing another team on seven points. We're playing Brighton and Hove Albion. Our record against Brighton is one eighteen, drawn thirteen, and lost eighteen. Uh, we've drawn the previous two games last season, which last season was just crazy, wasn't it? Like last season was crazy. That game, how on earth we got a point in the away fixture last season. It was a fixture where we really probably, both fixtures were fixtures where you want to go and be picking up more points, but we could have easily got nothing last season out of Brighton very, very, very easily, except for a bit of brilliance on the, uh, in that fixture that gave us a hope. We thought that that one at the end of the season, it just gave us that glint of, oh, maybe we could stay up, but actually we didn't need that in the end. Could have sacked it, could have lost, didn't mind. <laughs> um, but they've started really well at Brighton and they've, they're confident on their board. One of the one of them seagull people said, uh, I'm really not one to get carried away usually, but this team and these performances are pushing me to the uncomfortable position of considering European football next season. So they're excited. They're excited mm. on their start. Uh, I think they could do it, actually. I think, I think, especially obviously with uh, Man United having a relegation battle this season and the way West Ham have started, and you know Leicester don't seem to be what they used to be. I think there's there's opportunities for teams like us and Brighton to you know challenge for those seventh and sixth positions. Um, and Brighton seems to be on a roll, and everything's pretty positive with them at the moment. So. I think it's going to be a really tough game. I mean, we've never played well against Brighton um, since since coming back up to the Premier League. So hopefully we can turn it on. And I don't think we've scored a goal at Brighton in the top division in our whole history. So that's got to change. You almost sounded like you were daring to dream there, Rocco, about <laughs> European football. <laughs> almost. I yeah, I, Brighton's always a tough game. I always hate playing against them. It's just I think mainly because, like you say, we just always are so poor and so bad to watch. Um, apart from the strike equaliser at the end of last season, but so yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. I think Potter always seems to suss us out, doesn't he? Which is really annoying. So we are playing well. The transition is working all of a sudden. So hopefully they can get something out of it. A point would be good. I think. But we'll see. Well, funny you say that because we've all predicted a draw. Oh, well, there before, you go. Before nice. a ball was kicked this season. Yeah. Again, it's uh, it's not a spoiler. It's a prediction from before the season. <laughs> but would a would a draw represent at this stage? Now we've got seven points on the board. It's a, it's a way a traditionally tough fixture. In advance of the game, would a draw represent a good result? Yeah, un- undoubtedly. Yeah, I think it'd be crazy to to think it wouldn't. Yeah, I definitely think that as well. You could look at the Chelsea game and then think, oh, we can win at Brighton, but it's just always a tricky game for whatever reason it is. So if we can get a point, brilliant. I think the amount of points we've got on the board already means that some of those, well, that 
is the fixture that people will think is the is the tricky one. And having beaten Chelsea at home gives you that bit of leeway in some of those. Like that's what we couldn't afford last season because we lost all 12 of those. That's a third of your season with no points. So you've got to stay up against everyone else, hmm. which we managed to do by still only getting two points out of Brighton. So same points total after seven games from last season we've got now after three. Is that right? Well, that's good, isn't it? Exactly. Very good. We just sack off the next four, just lose them all (laughs) and still survive. One thing that I said last week was that I really hope that we would learn like the beauty of making those mistakes early in the season is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't feel it matters as much because you've got 36 more games to go and put that right. So I really felt like we did that today all the way across the pitch. The things we got into ourselves into the exact same position as last week, but the game management was much better. It made me actually think that it was probably just the heat last week and we uh, we were cheated by the weather. <laughs> do you think do you think today symbolized a a proper passing from fans from Bielsa to to Jesse Marsh? Um yeah, probably. Um, I mean, again, I, 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 yeah, I don't like keep saying this, but you know, if we lose the next three, then then that won't be valid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely, I think I, I think it should be. It, it hopefully in the future we'll look back on this as as the moment. You know, the Wolves game, you could say, because that that was really good and it showed us what what we were trying to do and that it was possible that it could work well and we could look like a decent team. Um, but to do it against Chelsea is a, a whole new thing. So yeah, I'd, let's say so. I think that he needed this kind of big result to really get people further on side of believing and and he's he's it's I'm just delighted for them that they've done it because they've bought into it. It's a it's new players and that belief what you said about the seven points last season, we never got going. We never yeah. got going and got it and never got any kind of rhythm and got into a situation. Like the I mean this was a point that Chris Sutton made after three games, you can't say that you're not going to be in a relegation fight. That would be ludicrous. Like you can't say that Man United are going to go down as without any points all season. And you can't say that Arsenal are going to win the league. Nothing settled. Looking at the league table, silly after this amount of fixtures, but knowing that we've got a really good return of points after three fixtures and the confidence, the tone that you're setting for a season is really important and really positive. So I am happy I'm looking at the fancy football table, but it's a bit interim at the moment because I assume a lot of people are going to get some Salah points tomorrow or not. But the uh, the big game tomorrow could have a big impact on where a lot of people's points are. But I assume no one... Do you remember, James, what the rule was when you set up this league? Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about that, actually. When we first set this up um, last season, it was you weren't allowed to pick a scum player. And that rule still stands. So if you have got a scum player, we will... Do something horrible to you at the end of the season. We've broken into the top 20 of our own table. Nice. About time. It's because we've got two so, Leeds yeah, players in there. Two? The rule should be that we have to have three. Oh, we do have three. One was on the bench. Nah, good. I'll do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of uh, summed us up nicely. It's been a it's been a really nice uh, nice chat today when you beat Chelsea 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> it makes, makes, makes it quite easy. There's just so much material. It's just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? <sighs> Was it worth losing all them games previously so that you could have a day like today? No. 
<laughs> no, absolutely not. But uh, this is the last question I'll ask then. Last question. Before I ask for you for your word, I'll prompt you now. We're going to do a word. Do it every week, but you always seem surprised. We've not done MVP. Insert this back into the previous bit because I forgot it. So who's your MVP for, for today's game? <laughs> My MVP is Brendan Aronson. Uh, I thought he was superb. I, it, I could have given it to loads of other play, players and, and Cock. I, I think he was pushing him very close, but Aronson's just so good. You know, he's just like effortless, effortlessly gliding past top players in the league. Just 21, I think he is. Um, just, yeah, he, he looks fantastic. So Aronson for me. He does scare me a little bit, Brendan Aronson, because I do like him so much that is he going to break our hearts at some point? He, he probably will. Like all corporate Americans, just chasing the dream, going where the money is. Who knows? No, I'm joking. I think he's a good lad. Yeah, he was He was awesome today. He was awesome. No, I'm going to cut that out. Brendan, <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Aronson was fantastic today. And yeah, easily MVP for me. Brilliant. Have you watched the jack harrison and brendan aronson interview after the game <laughs> oh yeah I've, I've, well i've seen the gif because <laughs> he, he, he gives him the man of the match like straight away doesn't he yeah he's like hey man you're man of the match <laughs> it's like really excited <laughs> and there, it isn't really an interview it's just those two having a bit of a chat and uh, jack harrison's like yeah and, you know he's really good as aronson and uh, welcome to the premier league there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good worth a watch uh, so for that reason i'm giving it to jack harrison not because he was the MVP officially by Sky, but specifically for his patronising tone in the uh, post-match interview. I thought it was brilliant today. I think it was a bit of a coming-of-age game for him as well. Like he, he showed his true credential. It possibly was, despite the fact that he didn't have as many goal involvements. Another thing, he didn't make he didn't make mistakes. He didn't make wrong choices. He, he, everything worked today. So, well done, Jack. You can forget that. Poxy Sky Award, you've got my MVP. <laughs> when you win 3-0, you don't really look at the defence when you've attacked so well, but defensively, and even Melier was so good today. It's like, we've, we've kind of glossed over all those, but they were all brilliant. Melier's saves were brilliant, strikes really coming into his own in that position, and he was commanding, and I think Firpo ain't going to get back in. Who? Rasmus answered a lot of his critics today. Central defensive partnership, brilliant. And Cox got a wonderful moustache and thing going on. He's a beautiful man. And then, yeah, everyone else has had that. We've, we've gone through everyone else. So what a brilliant, brilliant team performance. All credit to Jesse Marsh for the way he set them up. What a, what a wonderful coach and tactician he is. <laughs> God bless the USA. <laughs> Uh, Paul's saying that because of what someone said to us last week I thought it was really mean yeah it was mean mm. we're not anti-American anyway let's move on <laughs> you can edit that out as well no I'm keeping um, it okay so what? what's your final word holiday next week I'm on holiday so good luck lads <laughs> <laughs> is that it have I got no more thinking time uh, I was going to say so yeah Holiday. I am actually because <laughs> I thought I'd use this to sort of say, you know, well, next week we'll be doing an episode. It'll probably be after the Everton game. I will edit it from my holiday just for you. My word is relentless. My dad suggested it, and we were relentless today, and we're now on a relentless charge up the table. We are killing it. Come on, Leeds.
Don't give Luca a relentless drink at the next game, will you? It might have a Jack Clark incident on your hands. <laughs> can I just take a couple of minutes so I can ring my dad and find out what my word should be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is cold. That is cold. I'm giving the listener what he wants. <laughs> the listener. <laughs> my word is positive. Positi- <laughs> positivity. I just think there's so much positivity around the club, but I hope it keeps the haters quiet for a little while and puts the windows back in the box. It means that you can have a beautiful week. Look, well, it's not a week, a couple of days looking forward to the next game and uh, all the gloomy ill feeling that may have surrounded the club over the last year has managed to move forwards in a real great direction. So positivity. Yeah, I'm off on holiday next week. I'm off Ooh. to Brighton. Oh, are you off to the game? Yeah, I got a ticket. Absolutely. Oh, you little bugger. Miracle. One of the 300 lucky season ticket holders. Couldn't oh, believe it. That's ace. Lovely yeah, stuff. Bank holiday weekend. Lovely. Yeah, safe travels. Enjoy it, mate. Thank you. Hope you don't have to get a mega bus. <laughs> right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our show. We've very much enjoyed bringing it to you because we won and we could all be really happy. Enjoy the two games this week and we will be back next week. Network.